0: How are we doing tonight, church? Y'all okay? Anybody thankful that they showed up at the house of God on a Sunday afternoon to lift up King Jesus? You know, it says where Jesus is lifted up, he draws all men to himself. And here, I want you to know that um, we are building a house that is just about lifting up King Jesus. We really believe that it's that simple, that if we can just grow in our obsession and our love for him and continue to exalt his name and clearly proclaim his good news, that we will only see amazing thing happen, things happen in us and around us and in this city. Um, I want to jump in tonight and start our message in Acts chapter 17, verse 22. If you have your Bibles, you can flip there. Uh, it'll also be on the screen. We're going to read uh, verses 22 through 27. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Athens... that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him, yet He is actually not far from each one of us. I came to tell you tonight that God is not far, that the dwelling place of God is with man, is with us, but He does not live in temples made by man. As much as even this region that we live in and we call home by God's sovereign appointing has tried to build an entire network around a temple made by a man. How many of you know he does not live in temples made by men? He lives and desires to dwell in a house of his own design and his own making. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit has given us a blueprint for the Father's house And you may be surprised to find that you are his most favorite building material, living stones. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we honor you as king. We thank you, God, that you purchased this house with your blood. We thank you, God, that you rose again, defeated Satan, death hell, and the grave so that we could sing out, I'm going to see a victory because you've already bought every victory, Lord, by your blood. We honor you in this place. We thank you, God, that you desire to dwell in us, among us, through us, around us, and that you are building a house in this city in these days. We say, come, have your way in this place, Lord. We submit our hearts to your word. We yield to your teaching and your authority. We say that your Holy Spirit is welcome in this room. Come, have your way. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, some of you guys have been following our family's journey a little bit, and uh, we this weekend moved into our home here in Salt Lake City. So, um... If you had been with us on the journey for the last 12 months, um, or really 18 months, you would have erupted out of your chair in weeping like my wife is up here because this house that we moved into this weekend is the seventh house we have in, lived in with our five children in 12 months, okay? Three of those seven homes we owned in three different cities, Yes, it is not a dream, babe. This actually happened, okay? We've been on this wild journey with the Lord, but it's got me thinking because, I mean, we have lived in some houses over the past 12 months. How many of you guys know that where you call home matters? How many of you guys know that the structure and the dwelling that you live in, it actually matters? It actually affects your rhythms of life, the f- way you feel every day, right? It, the, the layout of your home, if you have a bunch of kids, might be the sole determining factor of your mental health, right? It's like where you live, your home, it matters, right? It really, really matters. And so when we're building houses, right, when a worker arrives on a job site, right, we talked about this last week, he's not building whatever he wants. He is under the authority of his boss, right, who is under the authority of a general contractor, right, who is under the authority of the owner of the house that hired all of them to build a dwelling. You see what I'm saying? the owner hires a general contractor hires subcontractors those guys all have laborers that show up on a job site they're not building whatever they want how many know they are under authority they are building what the blueprint tells them to build all right they are building what the owner of the house wants them to build Based off of a meticulous set of blueprints that have been painstakingly and professionally developed over hundreds of hours, right? Engineers, architects, designers, any home builders, any construction guys here in the room tonight, right? These guys show up. They build what the blueprint tells them to build, right? The blueprint was designed at the direction of the owner of the house. Last week, I started preaching a series titled Blueprint, The Master's Design for His House. If you missed it last week, I encourage you to go watch the video. We are in week two of a nine-week series. It's going to take us all the way to Thanksgiving, all right? and we are digging afresh into the Word of God and saying, God, what is your design for your house, and how can we see that built here in the valley? I told you last week that over the next eight weeks, you are going to know exactly where we're going as a church. You're going to know exactly what our vision is for this house in this valley, and you're going to have 100% clarity, and we're going to ask you to be in or to go find another great house, because there's there's other amazing houses in this valley doing amazing things, but find one and be an owner in that place, right? And so that's where we're going over the next eight weeks, and before we dive back into the blueprint, I want to take about five minutes to talk about the integrity and the trustworthiness of the blueprint itself, all right? I just want to say unequivocally that we believe here at Antioch Salt Lake that the word of God is the authoritative blueprint for how we should live our lives, how we should build God's house, how we should conduct ourselves in God's house, and that it is the baseline of all truth, 100%. As we read last week in Acts 1 and 2, right, Jesus after his death and resurrection he ascended to the right hand of God and he poured out his anointing on the church 50 days later uh, sorry 10 days after his ascension 50 days after his resurrection he poured his anointing out onto the church isn't that, isn't that amazing the anointed one shares his anointing and says now you continue you build this thing and the gates of hell will not prevail all right he pours out his anointing on the church but The Holy Spirit came and gifted us and empowered us for the task. After that came the blueprint of God's Word. Hang with me here for a second. As the apostles established the generally accepted doctrine of the early church, what we call orthodoxy, all right? Mostly, the apostles established orthodoxy through their firsthand written accounts of Jesus' life. That's what we have right here, firsthand written accounts of Jesus' life, and then their letters of instruction to the first church plants that were going out in the region, okay? That's what they wrote, and that's what established orthodoxy. Here's what I want to say, okay? The Spirit of God came first, Have you ever thought about that? The Spirit of God came first. This is why I find it interesting when churches try to take the Holy Spirit out of the equation and only emphasize the written Word of God. Do you know that both matter to the Father? Do you know that both matter? Actually, they matter so much to the Father that this is how Jesus himself defined true worship. In John chapter 4, raise your hand if you want to be a false worshiper. I almost tricked somebody in there. Y'all were like ready to go, right? No, nobody want to be a false worshiper, okay? Do you know that there is such a thing? Maybe nobody's ever told you, but Jesus spelled it out really quickly in John 4, and it's super simple. This is what he says, okay? He says, the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth somebody say spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him say it with me must worship in spirit and truth spirit and truth i want you to know that as long as god sees fit to allow me to be the lead pastor of this house that we will be 100% committed to the Word of God and 100% submitted to the Spirit of God, all right? They are literally two sides of the same sword, Paul tells us in Ephesians 6. Check it out. It says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, okay? That's a defensive shield that you have called your faith in Jesus, Okay, so the, the, the fiery darts of the enemy come at you. You can hide under the name of Jesus by faith. It's defensive. You have a shield. But then it says this, put on the helmet of salvation and pick up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It's the same sword, y'all. It's two sharp edges of the same thing, and it's the only offensive weapon that we have. The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. In our house, we teach our kids, if you know God's Word, you will know God's voice. We want our kids to know the voice of God. We want them to listen and understand how to listen to the Holy Spirit. But it's dangerous to listen for the voice of God if you're not consuming the Word of God. Because you might start hearing things that you think are from God, but they are, they're maybe not. That's why we got to be a church, a house, wow, that was loud, but I'm, I'm feeling it, okay, that is built on the Spirit of God and on the Word of God, Spirit and truth. Anybody want to be a true worshiper? Can I see every hand go up in the building? All right, that's what we want to be. That's what we're called to be, true worshipers. Do you love God's Word? Do you trust God's Word? Do you regularly consume God's Word? Can I... Can I convict all of us just for a second? Does it get the same attention that you give to, say, the news, your social media feed, the TV late at night? Does it get the same attention in your life? Can we all just say together, look, Holy Spirit, convict me. Search my heart. Lord, if I've wandered off of your word, if I have become somebody that is consuming, feasting, feeding, other, uh, uh, off of other sources of nourishment and information, Lord, bring me back to your word. We're fully convinced the Bible is 100% accurate, 100% authoritative, and 100% solid in a world that is shaken like this podium, okay, Joe, <laughs> I'm just messing with you, Joe. A world that is shaken like this podium, okay? The word of God is solid. We need a rock, y'all. Something secure in the shifting sands of cultural relativism, religious deconstruction. Come on, guys. You know this is going on everywhere, right? Self-worship. We need something solid. I, wanna, I want you to know, church, We have something solid. It is just a question if we're going to stand on it or stand on something else. So before we go deeper into the blueprint series, I spent almost eight minutes on that. But listen, we have to say in this house, this is the rock we stand on. This is the blueprint we believe in. We're not moving off of it. Okay? That's who we're going to be. Can I get an amen for the word of God? Come on. All right, last week, last week we saw the anointed one ascend back to his seat on the throne and pour out his Holy Spirit on 120 that were gathered together because they obeyed Jesus, they stayed together, and they prayed with devotion, right? They were together. God pours his spirit out, okay? We're going to just pick up the story because God encountered them because they obeyed Jesus, they stayed together, and they prayed with devotion. God encountered them, and it shook an entire city, okay? A crowd gathered at the sound that happened, right? Peter gets up, clearly preaches the gospel of Christ's death and resurrection, and then this is what it says, okay? Check it out, Acts 2, 37. When they heard this, the crowd that had gathered at the sound, all right, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what shall we do? Peter said to them, repent. Just means turn around, change your mind, change your way of thinking and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off. Everyone to whom the Lord our God calls to himself, with many other words he bore witness, continued to exhort them, saying, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Check it out, verse 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about three souls. Okay, now look, I know we like to say numbers don't matter, okay, but I kind of think that that's a bunch of baloney, all right? I kind of think that every single one of those 3,000 people mattered to God, all right? And I think that God would have been thrilled if it was 3,001 on that day, or if it was 3,050, or if it was 4,000, you know what I'm saying? Numbers, we say that don't matter, but I think that God was doing something very significant. He sent out a message repent and receive and those who responded came into the household of God now there's this beautiful thing happening and it continues in verse 42 check it out it says so they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching again there were they were standing on a blueprint day 1 okay and the fellowship the breaking of bread and prayers all came upon every soul many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles and all who believed were, somebody say, together, yeah. and they had all things in common. They were selling their possessions and belongings, distributing the proceeds to all as any had need, day by day, attending the temple, to, somebody say together, yeah. and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day. Check it out. The New Testament church was born after the Holy Spirit was poured out. Now, this is exciting stuff, right? 3,000 people get saved on day one, right? And then as they continue in fellowship together, it says that day by day, God was adding to their number. How many of you guys know that healthy things grow? You can say it's not about numbers. That's probably because your numbers are going down because what you're building is not healthy, okay? But listen, healthy things grow. And if the, matter, if the numbers don't matter, how come the blueprint's talking so much about the numbers, Okay, listen, day by day. Now, some of y'all, man, this is exciting. I want to be a part of a church like that, man, 3,000 people in a day, I mean, st- day by day. Some of y'all, like Kelly, I mean, Kelly Hill, you're amazing, okay? <laughs> Kelly, first of all, that was probably the best giving scripture, Dave, and uh, in, 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 in not just amazing job, but spirit-led. I don't know if you guys knew, but she was preaching my message before I got up here to preach my message, okay? That's when you're in a Holy Spirit-led church. The leaders on this team listen before they lead. Kelly could have got up here and just winged it, I've done that a couple times, you know? But she said, Lord, what are you saying? So Kelly's amazing. If if 3,000 people were added to this church in a day, some of y'all would be doing backflips with excitement, okay? Kelly would be having a hernia because she's administrative, okay? She's operational, and she'd be thinking, what do we do with all these people? So the church is born, okay? And we've got an administrative crisis on our hands. What do we do with all these people, Okay, and the house of God was birthed. And this is what it says about the household of God in Ephesians 2, check it out. He came and he preached peace to you who were far off and preached peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access in one spirit to the Father. So then... You're no longer strangers and aliens. You are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We're not making this language up, all right? It is built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined, somebody say together, together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. If you are being built together into a dwelling place, sorry, in him, verse 22, you are being built together together. Into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. All right, we are being built together into what? A dwelling place for who? For you and I to love our church and, oh, we're so excited. No, we're not building this around you. We're not building this around me. We are being built together to be a dwelling place for who? For Him. He does not live in temples made by hands, okay? He wants to dwell among his people, all right? You have the Spirit in you the moment you receive, repent and receive, and then when you come together and you join together with all... Look around this room for a second, okay? Assuming we all had the Holy Spirit in us because we all already repented and received, okay? You could join all these... Man, then things start to get exciting, okay? Because no longer it's just me and my little portion of the Holy Spirit, but then my little portion of his anointing links in with Jay's portion of the anointing that he's got in his life, and that links in with Elizabeth's anointing that's in her life, and that links in with Dan's anointing in his life who came and helped me move in yesterday. God bless you, Dan, and Hayden, and everybody else who was there, okay? And that links in with Murray's anointing. Are you seeing where we're going? And that links in with Connor's anointing, and we start linking our anointing. In coming together Scott's anointing Jeglum's anointing Reuben's anointing Bro you are anointed Okay man And I want you to Plug it in here right Because when you bring Your peace Together Man this house This house starts to get built And this thing starts to get exciting Now listen Building stuff is hard Okay uh, just today, our neighborhood, we, we, our neighborhood's down. We're right on the edge of like Cottonwood Heights, Sandy. And the city of Sandy, is they do this bulk trash pickup like every two years. And praise God, we just hit it right. It's this upcoming Tuesday. So we're moving in, throwing everything we don't want on the curb. And somebody's going to come grab it. It's amazing. But it's also like it's also like early Christmas around the neighborhood, okay, because all the neighbors are just putting perfectly, come down to Sandy and just drive around, okay. I got some new speakers today, uh, true story, okay. I got a new air hockey table for my boys. I got a new rocking chair, okay. We, but, and I find this like play scape, okay, for my kids. And it's these, it's, it's about, comes up to me about right here and it's four walls, and it's like a puzzle, okay? They connect together, there's like a bridge through the middle, and there's a slide down the side. And it's like noon. I'm supposed to already be getting dressed or showered or something, and I'm out there trying to bang this playscape together because the kids have already seen it, right? You can't eject when the kids have already seen it. I'm like, I gotta finish this thing, Arlena's like, babe, you gotta go take a shower. I'm like, no, I am not gonna lose to this plastic playscape, you know? And I just get stuck, man. I get stuck trying to put this thing together. You know why? Because putting pieces together is hard. (laughs) Building stuff that matters together, it's hard. It took both of us and a baseball bat. And finally, I'm serious, we got these pieces interjoined, and then it was like, oh, praise God, the anointing to build is here. It came together. Here's the deal, y'all. But it's hard to build. But we built that thing one time. And how many of you know my kids are going to go out there every day, and they're going to find joy on that thing that was built? Yes, it was hard, okay? But that, it is worthwhile. So building stuff's hard. So we're going to talk about building here, Team Sunday, and we're going to release you guys. Our response tonight is actually going to go, is going to be to let you go walk around back there, because I want you to know we're not preaching a message. This is not a call for volunteers, okay? Listen, I'm about to read you a passage out of Romans 12, and I want you to see that we are doing this, what we call Team Sunday, because it's in the blueprint of God's Word. And we don't need more volunteers. We are not saying, come, we're needy. No, no, did you read that first verse It says, God is not served by you as if he needed anything for you? Look, we're not saying, we're so needy, come serve. We're saying, We're building a house and you got something in you and if you don't come and plug that thing in here or you don't go plug that thing somewhere else, you're gonna be wandering, looking for your purpose your whole life because nobody told you you are anointed, you are gifted, something is inside of you and we need you to bring that, we need you to find out what that is and come plug it in here with the rest of us because God does not live in a temple made by human hands, okay? But he dwells among his people that are connected that are built together all right and he's building something romans 12 he says i appeal to you brothers by the mercies of god how many of you heard romans 12 1 and 2 you've heard it before you grew up in church we love to quote this scripture and then sing songs because it says hey present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god this is your spiritual worship Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern the will of God, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And we stop right there, and we say, let's sing some songs, because it said, right, it said our spiritual service of worship, so we're going to sing some songs. Apostle Paul didn't stop right there. He goes into verse 3, and he says this, For by the grace of God... Given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought. Check this out. He doesn't say think of yourself more lowly than you ought either, okay? He says think of yourself with sober judgment. He's saying think of yourself rightly. Listen to this, okay? Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I call this the assignment of faith. Ephesians 4 said that when Jesus ascended, last week we talked about ascension. When he ascended, he was smiling, y'all. You know why? Because he was leading forth a host of captives, and he was giving gifts to men. He was pouring out his spirit, giving gifts to men. Remember the Anointed One series? Bringing the captives out, restoring them so that they could be oaks of righteousness, right? He was giving gifts to to men. So let's keep going. Verse 4. As in one body, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Say it with me. Let us use them. One more comment. Let us use them. Listen, guys, God has assigned different measures of faith. He has assigned different measures of grace. We're all received the grace of Jesus. We're blood-bought into the kingdom. But did you see the word differ in there a couple times? Look, we don't need we've kind of done this in the American church. I think it's because we're still looking at the culture too much, and we all, we got this celebrity thing in America, right? Where, look, but I think we have done this thing in church where we say the pinnacle of being of a Christian is that you're either a preacher or a worship leader, okay? And those are just two members two giftings of a myriad of God's house and what he wants to build together and so what happens is this toxic thing creeps in called comparison and I start looking around at how God has gifted and called other people instead of looking inside at the anointing that he put in my life and bring my gift to the table are you with me We're going to kill this comparison thing today, guys, because it's the Word of God. Okay, listen, you are gifted differently. Look to the person on your right, if there's somebody sitting to your right. Say, I'm different than you. Look at somebody on your left. Say, I'm different than you. Okay, look at the person back on your right. Say, you have some gifts. Turn to your left. You got some really good gifts. Okay, Look, you may not know what your gift is, but you are going to go on a journey and you're going to find it out. Because listen, when the house of God is built together, joined together, guys, remember, we're building a dwelling place for, guys, this is so critical. Okay, look, this isn't just about your self-actualization, your self-fulfillment you will find that actually in here, okay? You will find your purpose in life, okay? But it's not about that, okay? This is about coming together with the living stones of God's people and building a dwelling place where God himself wants to dwell, where God himself is comfortable to hang out, is cozy, he kicks his feet up, and he says, you know what? I've been looking for a house to rest in, thank you for building me one. I want this place to be a place where God rests, where God dwells, where every single time we come together, it's like he was just waiting on us. You know what I'm saying? And it's not because we've got one overly excited guy on stage or a few gifted staff people and worship leaders. It's because every single one of us are leaning in and saying, God, what is your grace in my life? What is my assignment of faith? Check it out. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith. He lists seven gifts, okay? If service In our serving, did you know that if you have a desire to serve in the secret place, you love stacking chairs, you would never want to get on this stage, you don't know if you've ever done a prophetic anything, okay, but you just love serving behind the scenes, that is not because you're more humble than everybody else. It's because you're spiritually gifted. That's your assignment of faith, okay? It's a spiritual gift to serve, okay? I love people that are gifted to serve in that way, to the one who teaches in his teaching, to the one who exhorts in his exhortation, to the one who contributes, that's all of us, by the way, in generosity, to the one who leads with zeal, to the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So our team has been looking at the blueprint of God's word with Romans 12 as a starting point because he says, look, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You wanna know what your worship is? It's not just coming here and singing songs with us, okay? It is finding your gift, finding the grace of God in your life, plugging it in with all the other anointings here to see a house built where God dwells. And then people walk into a place that's functioning like this, guess who they meet? They meet Jesus. They meet God because he was here before they got there, right? He was here resting, waiting on them because we built it one time. And then they get to come play every day. You know what I'm saying? We built the playscape one time. Yeah, we had to Bang some joints together. This is not gonna be easy. It's gonna be clunky at times. We're gonna have to figure some things out. But listen, every single one of you have an assignment of faith. I want to honor that in your life. I want you to get free from the comparison of culture, a toxic American Christianity that says you gotta be Stephen Furtick or Brandon Lake or anybody else, Murray Watts. Okay, look, you gotta be you, alright? You gotta be who God made you to be, alright? You gotta figure out the grace of God that He put in your heart. you got to figure out the assignment of faith that's on you, because you're going to stand before God. You're going to stand before God, and you're going to give an account of your life before Jesus. Not judgment, heaven hell judgment, but I entrusted you with some talents, okay? I'm not going to judge you based on somebody else's gifting. I'm going to judge you based on, did you grow what I put in you? And you're going to give an account. So if you don't join a team in this house, please, Find a house you want to be a part of and go plug your gift in somewhere. There's a lot of great churches in this valley. But listen, I want you to know we see your giftings. We're committed to walking on the journey to help you find your giftings. We say here, Kelly, what do we say here? What's our slogan? Okay, find your team, use your gift, build with us. Okay, find your team, use your gift build with us. God's calling us to build something in this valley. It's a new season, all right? So here's what I'm going to do. Go ahead and stand on up, all right? I'm going to make sure that I didn't forget to say something that Kelly told me to say, okay? Because um, seriously, Kelly is, is amazing. She has a gift to administrate this. She is like a mastermind, okay? So, so here's the deal, okay? We want to connect you. This is for everyone. Literally, our response time, they're going to start playing. We're not having a prayer team. We're like, don't go get your kids. You are not dismissed yet, okay? For the next seven minutes, response time is leave your chair and start walking around back there, okay? We've got leaders at every table. This is not exhaustive right now. This is a starting point okay? We even have things on each table that says this team might be a good fit for you if you have these gifts, okay? Hey, to just entice your involvement a little bit, there's like cookies and candy on every table back there because it's our birthday, Annie, all right? So have some fun. These guys are going to play, and I want you to just go walk around. Even if you're already serving somewhere, go ask somebody else about their team that's different from yours, okay? Because listen, our connectedness... It really matters our connectedness really matters and I want to tell this one last story before I release you to go you guys can just kind of start playing a little bit bit of music here but you know the famous Mary and Martha story you've been in church before right you've heard that Mary you know was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening and learning Martha was busy running around serving right and we kind of tell that story and we sort of Martha gets a bad rap right it's like It's like we walk away from that story like stop being so, you know, just sit at Jesus' feet all the time, okay? But uh, there's a story. Mary and Martha's brother was Lazarus, okay? The guy that, the first guy that got raised from the dead by Jesus, okay? Maybe not the first, but the most prominent, okay? Listen, Lazarus gets raised from the dead, They're throwing a dinner party for Jesus after they resurrected his brother, okay? And it says in John 12, check this out. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus has raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served. Lazarus was one of those reclining at the table, and Mary took a pound of expensive ointment. You know this part of the story, right? And she comes, and she pours her oil out. Look it out. Guys, don't miss this. This this story is so prophetic. Look, she pours it out. She anoints the feet of Jesus, wipes his feet with her hair. Oh my gosh, look at this verse. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. How many know biblically that's talking about worship, okay? So Mary came and she poured out her perfume and that is why this house exists, so that we can come and pour it out on Jesus. The fragrance of worship can fill this whole house. But that dinner never would've happened if Mary wasn't serving. You see what I'm saying? We need to, re- sorry, Martha wasn't serving okay we need to redeem Martha Martha's gotten a bad rap we need to repent okay she had a gifting maybe she needed to chill every once in a while and rest at Jesus feet but I think Jesus put that little two words in there in that story that we all talk about it's about Mary's extravagant right Martha served. I mean, why did the Holy Spirit put that in there? Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? All right, y'all have fun. I'm going to start praying. When I start praying, you start moving. We'll wrap this thing up in a few minutes. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, that when you ascended on high, you can start moving. You led forth a host of captives, and you gave gifts to every single one of these guys and gals. There is an anointing inside of them. So Lord, I pray today for divine connections, divine appointments, that we would have fun building your house together in Jesus name guys take about five minutes I will come back up and release you to get your children in five minutes have a great time